0: Christine says, I can start now. (laughs)
1: Good morning.
0: Good morning. 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 Nibby says, I can't touch
1: that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm more scared of him than I am of you. (laughs) (laughs) Ernest Hemingway says... Today is only one day in all the days that will ever be. But what will happen in all the other days that ever can come can depend on what you do today. Welcome to Community Baptist Church. Tim is on vacation. They left early, early, early this morning. I texted them yesterday. They're going to Texas to see Susan's folks. And I texted them yesterday and I said, please tell me you're not in Midland or Odessa. And uh, he said, no, we're still in Henderson. That they were leaving early, early, early this morning. Uh, by way of announcements, let me draw your attention to the trustees meeting and the missions meeting uh, will not be today. The missions meeting will be bumped to next Sunday. Not sure about the trustees meeting, uh, but neither of those will meet today. Um, you will see the the Red Cross. We see Jika when she gets back. Um, if you want to help with the 25th anniversary, see Greg. If you want to bring stuff for the yard, the rummage sale, please bring them. Except not great big stuff just yet. Uh, we are ever so pleased to welcome um, Marianne Blackwell to our piano this morning. Um, She and her daughter Heather McCormick will be uh, soothing our souls with their talents this morning. Um, I'm excited that they are here. Another thing that we need to celebrate is that Jesse Hopgood is the new second shift custodian at Henderson County High
1: School.
0: I will tell you that when my sister was a teacher, Michelle, you probably, the custodians are our favorite people. They're the Um, most important. The most important. So congratulations, Jesse. We're excited for you. If you are uh, visiting with us, we're glad that you are here. I'm Mary Rye, by the way. Um, I am a member of this church, and I'm also the chaplain at Methodist Hospital. Um, We are glad that you are here. There are... Uh, sign-in rosters on the ends of your pew. If you will sign in and give us as much information as you're comfortable with, we would be most grateful. Um, Let us us begin by uh, lifting our spirits as we worship
1: together.
2: Stand and greet each other
1: this morning. Oh, yeah. Stand and greet each other. Thank you. Thank you. You Thank you. Thank you. you. you.
0: again yesterday there is an active shooter in the middle of watching and preparing for Hurricane Dorian and listening to our politicians bicker and call names there is yet again someone just shooting random people we ask why but even if we knew why it wouldn't be any less heart wrenching God of us all, help us to see that loving each other, walking alongside with a shoulder to lean on, just given a hoot, being your kingdom on earth is so much easier than carrying hate. Remind us of that, God, when we find ourselves hurt and angry. Give us courage to change the things we can and to let go of those things we cannot change, leaving that up to you. God God of us all, thank you for my place in this world. May it be a better place when it's my turn to leave it. And thank you for being with us. us. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.
2: Always so fun. Steve, are you visiting this weekend for Labor Day? Who are you visiting? Who's pop? Him. Are you visiting that pop or that one back there? What do you call that one back there? Pop pop. Okay. Um uh, when I let look at this. We're gonna this when I Mary rap Mary number one was... It was... Uh, oh. oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. Oh. What do you think that means? What does humble mean? Humble. Well, okay. Pardon? Let's see come here. Get up here. What's humble mean? Humble. Just your best guess. It, you know what? We all make mistakes. If you're wrong, you're wrong. That's part of being humble. But what's humble mean? You want some help? Well, there's, a, there's so many different ways we can explain this, but this is the best way I know. So I look for some different things to talk about today. What's number one say? Can you read my writing, anybody? Well, actually, that's an H, and I love that word. It says, not proud or haughty. Ooh, I am so haughty. You know what that means? Have you you ever heard anybody, uh, when they walk by and you'll be talking to somebody, this is not very nice, but you'll say, ooh, don't they think they're all that in a bag of chips? (laughs) Have you ever been around those kind of people? That's not very nice, is it? But then number two says, someone who knows they are not perfect. Mm -hmm. But what if I'm perfect? Is there anybody that's perfect? No. No, and so I'm really anxious to to hear what Reverend Mary has to say because sometimes, like her job and my job, it's our job to serve others, and the only way we can make it through this world is by serving others. So you God by serving others. But sometimes it's real hard to be humble. It's real hard to not draw not think some not listening to what you want them to say. But we're not the boss. He's the boss. And so we have to be humble, and we cannot think that we're perfect and we know it all. If we do that, it is just not going to work. Does that make sense? So it's very hard to be humble sometimes. We think we've got all the answers that make sense okay let's say a little prayer to god and tell him we're sorry if we think we're great sometimes because we're really not okay Dear God, we thank you that even though we are not rich and famous, we can still be truly great by learning to serve others. Help us to see those in need and help us to serve you by serving them. In that way, God, we may we be great in your eyes. We ask this in the name of Jesus, and he was the greatest servant of all. Amen. Amen.
3: Let us pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth from the earth fruit and from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts that we might be for the world signs of your graciousness, for the immigrant array of hope, for the homelessness. A homeless man or woman on the street, a new beginning. And for those who do not know you, a witness to your unconditional love. Amen. 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 Scripture reading this morning comes from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. And then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks
1: God.
0: Author and editor Douglas Abrams got the amazing assignment of spending a week with Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama on the occasion of the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday in 2015. These lifetime friends who knew, one of them a South African England Archbishop, think Episcopal, the other the world's leading Buddhist, wanted to spend that time talking about finding joy in the midst of suffering. Douglas Adams, The Book of Joy, is a written account of that discussion. In the chapter entitled, Humility, I Tried to Look Humble and Modest, the Dalai Lama tells this story. One day, at a big interfaith meeting in Delhi, one Indian spiritual leader sat there next to me like this. The Dalai Lama sat up stiffly and made a rigid scowl on his face. He said, he said his seat should be higher than the others. Now, what do you call this? The Dalai Lama asked, tapping the base of the chair. The legs, the archbishop offered. Yes, the legs were not long enough. So the organizers had to bring some extra bricks to make the spiritual leaders cheer higher. The whole time I sat next to him, he remained immobile like a statue. And then I thought, Says the Dalai Lama. If one of those bricks were to move and he fell over, then we'd see what would happen. Did you move the brick? The Archbishop asked. Well, if I had, said the Dalai Lama. I don't believe you, said Desmond Tutu. Maybe you will see some mysterious force move that brick because I pray to God, please topple that chair.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> then the spiritual leader will act like a real human being. The whole time the Dalai Lama and Bishop uh, Archbishop Tutu were cackling with each other. <laughs> Jesus had been invited to a Sunday dinner at the home of one of the leading Pharisees when he noticed that folks were jockeying for the best place at the table. Jesus stood back and watched the whole game of of who could finagle the best place at the table. Now, in the ancient world, dining tables were low to the ground, so your dining position was most likely reclining on your side with your forearm as your prop most of the pictures that we see of the last supper have Jesus and the disciples sitting in chairs they weren't so given this seating position it must have been a real coup to watch grown men fight over their position at the table while nobody wanted to eat at the kids' table it was crucial that you claimed your spot early or you'd have to eat with those people <laughs> and nobody wanted to do that at the time where you sat was guarded ferociously society was strongly hierarchical there was a place on the ladder and for many it was a matter of survival to make sure that they either stayed where they were or climbed higher on the ladder. Position was not a matter of, was not just a matter of individual achievement it was a community value. It was in some sense given by the group. Your value was inseparable from what others thought about you. Most to be feared was to lose your place, to be embarrassed, to be public humiliated by having to take a lower place. Pliny the Younger was a Roman author and administrator who left a collection of private letters that ultimately illustrated public and private life in the days of ancient Rome, the ancient Roman Empire. Pliny the Younger, The elder was the uncle. I knew you were thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) Was born into a wealthy family and began to practice law at the age of 18. He was a highly sought-after, successful, well-respected citizen of Rome. And in one of his letters, he talked about the discriminatory meal practices of his host. He said, some very elegant dishes were served up to himself and a few of the company, while those were placed before the rest were cheap and poultry. He had apportioned out some small flagons I had to look that one up those are bottles or carafes. he had apportioned out some of these small flagons three different sorts of wine but you are not to suppose that it was the guests who might take their choice on the contrary they were um, sorry uh, they were not to be chosen at all one was for himself and me says Pliny the younger next for his friends of the lower order for uh, you must know that he measures out his friendships according to the degrees of quality and the third for his own freemen and mine To be acknowledged as the friend of a powerful or wealthy person was, in and of itself, a distinct honor. Thank goodness we don't have to worry about that anymore, do we, in 2019? Have you ever watched Million Dollar Listing New York? It's on the Bravo channel. It's a reality show about these young men who sell multi-million dollar real estate in New York. The show follows about three or four guys and how they obtain listings, all of them residential, how they go about staging the condos. And in New York, there are no houses, it's always condos. And how they go about selling the listing for as much money as possible. Um, because the, selling, the higher the selling price, of course, the higher the commission. But interestingly enough, while they really love the big commission checks, the fancy cars, and the tailor-made suits, it's all about being known as the top seller in New York. These guys think nothing of hijacking a a listing or screwing up somebody else's client list. They will cheat, lie, and push to be known as New York's top seller. It isn't about the buyer or the seller. They're just chess pieces in the game. It's about them and where they are in the lineup. I watched this show fascinated at how shallow these guys can really be. This game of being at the best spot at the table has been played for centuries. Even Solomon says in the book of Proverbs, when you stand before the king, don't try to impress him and pretend to be important. It's better to be asked to take a higher position than to be told to give your place to somebody more important. There's nothing new about this. And if you speed read through today's scripture, it sounds kind of like Jesus is here a new strategy on how to play the game. Listen for a second. When somebody invites you to a wedding feast, don't sit down at the best place. It could happen that somebody more important than you has been invited, and your host would have to come to say and say to you, uh, let him have this place, and then you'd be embarrassed and have to sit at the lowest place. Instead, when you're invited, go and sit at the lowest place so that your host will come to you and say come on up here friend to a better place this will bring you honor in the presence of the other guests So the strategy here may be, if I start out sitting at the place I believe to be lower than I should be, then I'll get to be called up by the host and get the front row that I deserve. John Dunham, you're laughing at this. (laughs) We've played this game. We want everybody to know how important and powerful I am. And I guess if you're then not tagged for the front row. You may leave mad, but at least you're not humiliating yourself. But I got to tell you, it's kind of fun being on the front row. It's nice to be admired and tagged for the head table, to be the distinguished guest. It's great to be the chosen one. I'm guessing that everybody in this room has been there at one time or another. You were the one that was hired over the other applicants. You were the one to ask to make that uh, presentation. You were student of the month. You won the case because you made the best legal argument, Chris Hopgood. You're someone's favorite teacher, and now they're a teacher because of you. You've been someone's maid of honor or best man. You have a significant other. At some point, we know what it is to be chosen. Think about that. Think about your head of the table moment. It's a great feeling, isn't it? My biggest head-of-the-table moment came in 1999 when I was asked by Hardy Clemens and Buddy Sherding to deliver two sermons at a conference at the McAfee School of Theology at Mercer University in Atlanta. The conference was on preaching sponsored by the CBF Women in Ministry. The featured speaker was Fred Craddock, who at the time was... Was the Bandy Distinguished Professor of Preaching and New Testament at the Candler School of Theology at Emory University. He authored several books and he was a hero of mine. Talk about getting invited to sit at the head of the table. It scared me to death, but I gotta tell you, it was awesome. It felt great to be chosen to preach at a conference with Fred Craddock. Holy front row, Batman. (laughs) It's just great to sit at the head of the table. And then Jesus says to the host... Instead of inviting all the important wealthy folks that you know who will be fighting over the head table and schmoozing for a higher place on the social ladder, invite the ones who are always pushed to the end of the table if they get invited at all. The poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. You ever wonder why Jesus calls these people out in particular? I always thought it was because he was listing those who couldn't afford a feast like the one in this passage with expensive food and wine with guests of the upper echelon of society. But in the Old Testament law recorded in Leviticus 20, it says that no one with any physical defects may make a food offering. No one who is blind, lame, disfigured, or deformed. No one with a crippled hand or foot. No one who is a hunchback or a dwarf or one with any eye or skin disease. No eunuch. They can eat the food. They just cannot approach the altar. Now that gives a whole new light for me. There are folks who have never been seen as worthy. And if you are one of these folks, don't even think about the head of the table. No point. They are. The ones who are overlooked and passed by and ignored by those of us who became so self-centered, which only leads to, as the Dalai Lama says, becoming distant from others and then distrustful and then feeling insecure and then fear and then anxiety and then frustration and then anger and then violence. Wow, we see that every day, us versus them, Republican versus Democrat, rich versus poor, haves versus have-nots. We have so distanced ourselves from each other that family members stop talking to each other because being right seems more important than being family. There is a Buddhist concept called mutada. It's sympathetic joy, or the feeling of joy of others' successes. It works like this, if someone has something we want, we would say a bigger house, we can take conscious uh, joy in their good fortune by telling ourselves, good for him, just like me, he too wants to be happy. He too wants to be successful. He too wants to support his family. May he be happy. Mudita recognizes that That life is not a zero end game. That there is not just one slice of cake in which someone else is taking more means we get less. Mutata sees joy as limited. Being called to the head of the table isn't a zero-sum game either. It isn't like we have claimed the best seat in the house now and forevermore. Amen. Jesus turns to the Pharisees, this upper crust of society, this sought-after host, and says, tap these folks who will never know what it's like to sit in the front row and say to them, come on up here, friend, to a better place. Now go back to those times in life when you were chosen and remember the feeling. It's great happiness, the feeling of success, the feeling of inclusion and acceptance and love, pure joy. It's just awesome. When it's that much fun to sit at the head of the table, to be invited to sit on the front row, why in the world would we hoard that? Do we think that we will lose it and never get it back? Is it like a drug and we're chasing that first high? We just want to feel that again. Well, folks, being with someone else who gets to sit at the head of the table for the first time is a whole lot more fun than being there the second time. We know how it feels. We know the joy. Watching someone else find that joy is just way more fun. And we can do that every single day of our lives. Sit next to a kid, whether it's yours or somebody else's, who's been struggling to understand math or reading or chemistry or Shakespeare or music or knitting or art or building project. Be with a kid when they hit their first home run or, as we saw Friday night, the first field goal of freshman in Nevada scored to win the game over Purdue and and then that day, he got not only the game ball, but a scholarship. The reaction of his team was way more fun than anything that we could do. When that finally kicks in to these kids, it's just fun to watch. Nominating a quiet, back row coworker and watching him cry because he was named employee of the quarter. Now, that's fun. Asking a back row classmate to have lunch with you is front row fun. Helping a back row neighbor who can't do for themselves anymore is front row fun. Listening to a back row veteran tell war war stories is front row fun. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. No, it really isn't. It's just a lot more fun. (laughs) Amen. others around you are chosen. Go remembering that being humble is the most fun you will ever have. Go holding tight to the fact that what you do speaks so loud that others cannot hear what you say. Go with God's blessing and go with God's peace. Amen. Amen.